All right, welcome to the Who Cares About Men's Health Sideshow. Today, we've got our uh, mountain medicine expert on the show. I'm going to talk to him about uh, the, the first aid winter kit that you should have in your car, especially if you live in Utah or areas like Utah where you might go on a car drive across the state of Wyoming in the wintertime and something happens, it might be hours before somebody is able to help you. So what should you carry with you to stay safe? Uh, this is Who Cares About Men's Health. My name is Scott. I bring the BS and the MD to my BS, Dr. Troy Matson. That's me, Scott. And producer Mitch is in the mix. Hey there. And we've got Graham BZ, who practices mountain medicine here at University of Utah Health. Welcome, Graham. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, on the podcast, I w- want to get a story from you if we could. So on the podcast, we talk about something called the core four, and that's to be healthy now and in the future, that if you concentrate on your nutrition, your activity, your emotional health, your sleep, and then the plus one more is you got to know what your genetics are. You know, that that'll go a long way to keep you healthy, prevent disease and just, you know, make life a little bit nicer. Uh, any of those things uh, are, are things that you struggle with, Graham. Uh, we like to talk about that on the show to just kind of normalize it a little bit. I, you know, sometimes struggle with my activity and my nutrition. Uh, I know Mitch does as well. I don't know about Troy. Troy's a super I mean, he runs marathons and stuff, so he's fine. Um, but, (laughs) but Mitch and I are listening. Uh, if you have any stories you like to share, I mean, how's your health (laughs) in terms of those things? (laughs) Uh, I always say, first of all, for my mental health, I never compare myself to Troy because it's always uh, so depressing. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing much better than I am. (laughs) Um, but I, I struggle with all those things as well. Uh, I think, I could use using shift, you know, shift work as an excuse for making it hard to motivate to get up in the morning and and be active before mm. I do anything, or uh, you know, getting home at two o'clock in the morning and forcing my trying to prevent myself from just eating an entire pint of ice cream when, when I get home and yeah. I want to <laughs> uh, prevent stress. Um, I think the I definitely struggle with that. The biggest thing for me is is having some sort of routine, whether it's you know whatever time of the day it is. I've I, when I build my schedule, um, I'm a big to-do list person. I'm a big, uh, calendar person. And I, I actually put whatever I need to do on my calendar. And so if it's, whether it's my workout or activity for the day, it's got its own designated time slot, uh, to the, at, when I was better at focusing on my diet and uh, my nutrition, I would actually plan my meal out the next day. I would kind of think about, all right, this is what I have in the fridge. This is what I'll meet for each lunch for each of each meal. When I had that kind of planned ahead of time, it was much easier to, follow that routine and stick to it rather than just trying to do it in the moment where I'm like, Oh, I'm pretty hungry. Maybe I'll just grab a handful of chips or have that yeah. candy bar instead of getting a meal. And so for me, it's, I definitely struggle with it. Uh, it's something I, I wish I was better at, but when I've, when I do succeed, it's when I'm really intentional and really plan it out. I think that's a great point. I think, um, you know, for some people that does work really, really well. And I think, um, we tend to can believe that stuff like exercise or what you're going to eat when you're going to eat, it just kind of happens. Right. But it, really in our busy lives doesn't. And if you want to avoid eating that pint of ice cream, you got to be full on something. So if you've planned out, Hey, this is what I'm going to have for my meal. I know if I bring a meal to work, that makes all the difference when I get home, I'm not, you know, in the sweets and stuff. So yeah, exactly right. Well, I wish I could practice what I preach all the time, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, well, it's all a work in progress, right? I think that's the, that's the thing we're all learning on this podcast. No, it all is. Right, yeah, so- and, it, and it's so refreshing to hear that from you too, Graham, because I struggle with the exact same thing. And obviously we both do shift work. We get home late or early, depending how you look at it, you know, three in the morning or whatever. And yeah, I, I agree. I, I have, I'm the same way. I've got my calendar. I have to plan things out. I have to think ahead and be like, okay, that's what I'm doing then. And it's, 
I think for anyone who's doing shift work, that's, that's a big challenge. So it's great to hear you're doing that and, <laughs> and making it happen. All right. What is in your survival kit in your car? Now we're talking about uh, a winter survival kit. If you're going to do any traveling uh, over the, you know, the winter time and you live in a kind of a remote area, like here in Utah, you can drive a lot of places where you might not be near a town or if you uh, have to travel like I do to another state and you have to drive across a state like Wyoming, uh, if a storm hit and you had to spend the night in your car, what kind of or, or a couple nights, what kind of survival kit would you have? Graham, do you have one in your car and what do you recommend? I do. And I'm so glad you're asking me this because my wife makes so much fun of me for my kit that I can <laughs> have in my car. <laughs> Maybe this is something just guys like, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, that's, there's probably something to that. I, you know, I've, I've actually, so I also I commute out to a hospital in Wyoming uh, for work as well. And I've had some, uh, one particular close call where uh, I, being stuck would have been awful. And so I, I, my kit is, I keep kind of continuously add adding to that kit over time. Um, but I think with any medical kit, you want to think about, you know, what you're using it for, uh, the environment you're going to be in and, and how far you are from definitive care or rescue. So, you know, how long are you planning to use these materials to survive? Um, thankfully, uh, in a car, uh, you know, 24 hours is probably pushing it uh, in terms of how long you need to be. Uh, if you're on a highway, I should say, uh, yeah, commuting to Wyoming, something like that, and you're stuck in a storm. So your kit can be sized down for that. If you're going further out into the wilderness, then uh, plan for more time. Um, I have a couple things. So one, I have something for just kind of self-rescue, like you should do with any activity, because the, the, the best way to get yourself out of something is to be able to get yourself out and not rely on someone else for help. So now my car, I've got um, some traction devices that I can use to place under the wheels. If I were to get stuck in deep snow or sand or mud, uh, I have a, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the term for it, a tow rope, basically. That's a very heavy duty uh, synthetic rope that I can attach to a point in my vehicle and, and uh, hook it up to somebody else's if I needed to pull someone else, uh, someone else out or vice versa. Um, and those are things that I, and I also have a, my own jack, a spare tire, all those things. So Whatever you can do to, to help yourself, I think, is is super important. And what um, do you mean by traction devices? You're talking like tire chains or like cables or something like that, or, or so what exactly I do you have there. So no, so I you should always have those things, uh, especially if you don't have four wheel drive. So I, I have four wheel drive and winter tires. Um, I I actually hate putting chains on and uh, and um, cables, but those are I think those are great things to have, especially uh, on a road like that. Uh, I also have. Um, there's a bunch of different commercial devices you can get that are kind of deployable tracks that you can put down on this on. So onto loose snow or something that, that so tr I think, uh, tracks TRAX is one company and just as an, as an example, not that I'm endorsing them over another, um, but they're basically these traction pads you can put down to help your wheels get traction and get out of a rut, especially, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included in the past, when you get in deeper snow, you try to get yourself out and you end up spinning your tires and digging yourself down. And then it's, it's the more you do that, the, the harder it is to get those tires out. So these traction devices you can place down to give your, your tires some grip to help you get out of those ruts. Oh, nice. And you can get those down far enough where your tire can actually get a little traction on it. Once it's on there, then it's going to start moving forward on that traction. Exactly. And that brings up yeah, another thing I have, which is uh, a snow shovel. Um, and not the one you, I mean, if you wanted to, you could carry the one you, you bring in your house, but that's going to be pretty cumbersome in your car. So I actually have an avalanche uh, snow shovel that you put in an avalanche pack for backcountry skiing or snowboarding. Um, because sometimes you dig your car so deep that you're actually uh, kind of high pointing it and the, the chassis, of the car is actually in the snow. And so you have to have a, a shovel to help dig around those tires so you can uh, dig that 
you know, a spot for that tracking device, or at least dig a trough out for your, for your car to drive out of. And have you ever used this stuff? Have you ever had to use it? I have actually, uh, I'm embarrassed to say how many times. <laughs> what? Really? Cause I'm sitting here this whole time thinking <laughs> I'm, I'm the one that wanted to do the topic and I'm thinking the whole time, Oh, I'd never use any of that stuff. <laughs> and, I, and you're like, use, you've used it multiple times. Well, I should say again, uh, so getting yourself out of things is the best thing to do. The really, the, the very best thing to do is make, make good choices. And I have definitely uh, <laughs> not made good prevention. choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prevention is key uh, in yeah. all these situations, but uh, for it, for when you yeah miscalculate, that's where these devices can be very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can definitely think of times I wish I had these things, like especially the traction devices. I never even thought about that. I guess I should have known they're out there, but um, that seems like an incredibly useful thing. Cause I've definitely been stuck in the snow and just been like, how am I going to get out of this? So that's good. And they, know. uh, yeah, they're useful for sand too. If you ever decide you want to go out into the desert or whatever with your, your four wheel drive vehicles, a lot of people use them for sand as well. They're yeah, must yeah. haves. No. Yeah. yeah. And there's some, there's some really big burly ones that people love to put on the side of their adventure van, um, that are not you know practical to put in the back of most cars, but they also make some much smaller ones that fold up or roll up. Uh, that are still very effective uh, that I just, I basically have all the stuff just stuffed around my spare tire and in my, the kind of divot of my spare tire in the back of my car. And it, it fits very well. Cool. So you've got your uh, tools to get you out of the situation. What, what, what other kit do you have and what's in it? Yeah. So I've got, um, I always carry, uh, I have probably too much water. I have like 10 gallons of water, but I always carry spare water. Uh, you've I, got and 10 I keep, gallons of water in your car. Uh, well, that's just the, the yeah, that's the idea. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'm impressed. The, that's the, and that, you know, moves out of my car sometimes, but and whenever I'm going to Wyoming, that's, that's in there. It's just one of those, yeah. um, uh, yeah, big, big, uh, kind of blue squares. Um, I've got, uh, I actually have a sleepy bag that I keep in my car. I've got some extra, extra pair of gloves. And so I, I basically have a bin that I move in and out of my car when I'm doing, going, you know, anywhere like, like going to work or going on a, on a bigger trip. And so it's got an extra sleeping bag, uh, an extra beanie, extra pair of gloves, um, an extra jacket. Uh, it's got, I think I've got like six or seven, um, like meal bars in there as well. Uh, I've got waterproof matches, um, and, uh, and kind of one of those match kits and, uh, always have duct tape wherever you go. You need duct tape. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, a headlamp and a, fl- a flashlight, um, cause you always want to make yourself visible as well. They make, they make some really great kind of emergency lights as well. That triple is like a flashlight and a flasher. And you can kind of put that on the back of your car if you are going to sleep in your car. So you stay visible for plows and things like that. Uh, so I've got one of those. Um, I've got a knife as well. I feel like pr- pretty much every vehicle I have, uh, or backpack I have has two headlamps and two knives <laughs> just cause, uh, I'm a little, I go over a little overboard. I was on say you never know when you need two knives. Well, if you don't see, if you got two knives, you only got one knife is same with headlamps. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't understand that saying. You're always, yeah, it breaks, you lose it or yeah. I just like to, I like to have some redundancy in, in the safety stuff. So see, I'm just thinking of the movie, the gray with Liam Neeson when he was fighting wolves and he had two knives and <laughs> it made perfect <laughs> yeah. sense. He had a knife in each hand. So I well, exactly. Yeah. You never know when the pack of wolves are going to come up. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, see, I'm feeling so inadequate right now. In my car, <laughs> <laughs> right. I have, I have a roll of duct tape. I have a <laughs> blanket. Good. I do have a spare a tire of- and a jack. <laughs> 
Maybe a couple of French fries down the side of one of the <laughs> yeah. seats. I think there's some <laughs> yeah. Cheetos under the driver's seat, maybe some peanuts or something. Um, I might have a screwdriver and some zip ties. Like if I could do something, you know, to fix my car, if I actually knew how to fix it. So I am feeling very inadequate, but this is like incredibly helpful to, to hear this. Cause yeah, I like the idea. Like you said, Graham, you just got your kind of your bin that has everything in it. Obviously you're not dragging this stuff around town all the time, but if you're going on a long drive, you just grab it, you throw it in, you've got everything you need. Yeah. And again, you can see why my wife makes fun of me because it's mine's a little overkill. I will say, so zip ties are great. The other thing that works really well for any sort of securing uh, or kind of jury rigging something together are uh, Volley ski straps. If you're familiar with those, mm-hmm. they're very heavy duty kind of stretchable uh, straps that are, that, I've saved me in a lot of different environments. And so I've got a couple of those in the, the bin as well. And a multi-tool, like you said. Mitch, how's your, how's your survival kit shaping up in your car? How are you uh, it, doing? It's pretty miserable. I'm, like, yeah. I'm the opposite <laughs> of Graham in my relationship. Um, I, Jonathan has maybe seven different first aid kits and survival kits in each of our vehicles and everything. I just have some tools. Like I drove junk cars for so long in my life. I have a mobile um, thing to fill up my tires. I have a full toolkit. I have spare spark plugs, spare battery jumpers, etc. But nothing if my car were to break down into like the wilderness. I think I maybe have a Red Bull in a in a glove box, but well since we're talking about Wyoming, I have to tell you my favorite, not favorite, but uh just a uh yeah, a survival experience in Wyoming. I pulled off an exit. I was driving through Wyoming. I was super tired, so I took a nap, but I left my lights on. And it was just an exit out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming. And so my car died and there's no one there. And so I just I had jumper cables. So I do have jumper cables in my car. So I got out and I'm just walking along the highway, just thumbing and holding up jumper cables. <laughs> Thinking like some, some nice person will just see I need my car jumped. Like, no, they're going to think like some creepers out here walking along, getting ready to strangle me if I pull over. So fortunately, I found like this just, you know, this old rundown gas station, like a couple miles down the road, middle of nowhere. So found the guy there and the guy's like, yeah, if you give me 40 bucks, I'll go jump your car. So, oh, so that's anyway. real neighborly. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was super nice. I'm sure it's not the first time it's happened there. But uh, anyway, yeah, I I can't imagine. And I do you carry like speaking of your car dying since then, I've thought on long trips, you can get those kind of small things to jump your car battery um, that are rechargeable. Do you carry one of those as well? I do, uh, again, out of experience. So I had a similar <laughs> experience and actually <laughs> truly real familiar with this. So uh, I was driving back from a shift at about 4 a.m. Uh, on Highway 80, and I got a flat tire between the two exits between my house and, and Troy's house. Uh, and so I was probably about four miles from home. So I pull over, I fix my tire, and I get into the car to drive, and I had left my headlights on, and my battery was dead, and I did not have one of those devices. No, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up, uh, thank God had my headlamp. So I, and uh, at the university of Utah, we wear black scrubs. So I'm running down highway 80, uh, <laughs> trying to get home. And so I have my headlamp over my head and I'm flashing it. So then someone can see me and I have to run the four miles home to wake my wife up who wasn't answering her phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have her take you to my car. So since then I use uh, one of those devices. The one I use is uh, called jump and carry. And I take it on all my van trips. Uh, we have a VW van that it definitely lives in the back of that. And uh, I also have one, like a, a smaller version of my car as well, just so I don't get stuck in that situation also. So if I'm hearing this right, it sounds like that in my car, if I'm going to be driving um, out, you know, maybe this this might be actually a trip out in the back country. I'm, I'm driving to go somewhere. I'm doing a little expeditioning or whatever, or just, a, you know, across the lonely state of Wyoming on a highway 
in the wintertime, it sounds like there's a few categories of things I want to have. Thing number one is things to get me out of the situation I might be in, which you talked about. Thing number two is if you can't get out of that situation, uh, warm clothes, uh, sleeping bag, gloves, hats, boots, that sort of thing. I suppose that's also helpful if you have to walk and get help because, I mean, how many of us would have adequate clothes to go on a prolonged walk in Wyoming in the wintertime? And then it sounds like number three is uh, food and water. Does that cover kind of the major things? That's definitely how you want to think about it. Again, it, it, you don't have to have all the stuff in your car at all times. It's, you should just think about the trip you're doing and how, yeah, how much time, you know, worst case scenario, you'd think you'd need to be self-sufficient or what you need to get yourself uh, to a safe spot or to a place where you can contact folks. And yeah. I'm going to ask this real quick here, Graham. I remember there was this horrible story like a couple of years ago. Um, like a guy was going out to interview somewhere out in like the West Desert um, and took a wrong turn and his car got stuck and uh, went to try and find help and died out there somewhere. So I guess that brings up the question, and I've thought about it a lot since then. Are you better off if that does happen and you are in a situation where you get stuck? Do you just stay in your car or do you go out trying to find help? So most of the time we advise if, you, if you're lost like that, you stay with your vehicle, you stay where where you are because people – are going to have a better sense of the general area where, where you're going to be. If you leave that that space, if you leave that area, they, your vehicle, that's much easier to spot from uh, you know a search helicopter, a search plane. It's going to be much harder to find you. So the, the best advice is to stay with your vehicle in that case, unless you know exactly where you're going and you have a very good sense that you could, you know, if you passed a gas station four miles ago and you, you know you can get there, that's, that's one thing. But if you're just completely lost and, you know, more than a reasonable uh, distance from any, any infrastructure like that, just stay with your car. And it sounds like with the kit you've got, you know, 10 gallons of water, you got protein bars, you got, you got sleeping bags, you can just set up camp there and live there for a week and you're good. Yeah, honestly, it'd be, an, it'd be a great break. I'd, yeah, maybe bring <laughs> oh my God. So if you don't show up for a shift next week, I'll know what happened. Like, yeah, well, exactly. I guess this is okay. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Graham, like Graham's living, living better uh, in the event of an emergency in his car than I live in my house. So uh, <laughs> exactly. what, what, what do you bring to read to kill time? Since, I mean, you're going to be so cozy and well-fed and well-watered. And, yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> you have a spare book, you're, you know, your podcast and your phone. Yeah, an extra battery for that. Just listen to 90 episodes of Who Cares About Men's Health, you know? <laughs> what more exactly. You if the exposure doesn't kill you, <laughs> the, the podcast you. will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Graham, thank you so much for uh, geeking out a little bit about what's in your first aid survival kit or your, your car, in-car survival kit. That's been a lot of fun. And uh, thanks for sharing your health story as well. And thanks for caring about men's health. It's been great having you on the show. It's been a ton of fun. Thanks for having me. 